0: everyone it's Megan with Ron kind of Christian podcast how are y'all doing today have you ever had a moment where you are just not sure where god is taking you that's where i have been this week with this podcast it can be so frustrating can't it especially when you had moments of such clarity in the past like i knew for certain that i was supposed to do the study of hebrews there wasn't a doubt in my mind that god was going to use my repeated study of that book to kind of launch the show back in october and i knew that we were supposed to go through the book of Ruth last month. But once we finished up last week, I just didn't know where to go from there. Some podcasters, well, content creators in general, honestly, they really lay out their plan, you know, like they have a a whole seasonal plan, and this is what they're going to do. And And I definitely do that when God lets me know where he's taking me. But sometimes I just don't know. and And so I leave myself open to his nudges instead of inserting myself into the driver's seat, which if you know me at all, Um, You know, that drives me a bit crazy. I I definitely prefer to be in control or at least, you know, know what's coming, but, and maybe, maybe I should be talking about handing over control on today's show instead, but that's not where God has taken me. Instead, he took me to this place in my mind that I've just been contemplating for a while now. And I think he has some things to teach me about himself and, and I'm going to take you guys along for the ride with me. So here's how it started. I was looking at the world around us, and I just couldn't help but think of the phrase going to hell in a handbasket. And my husband and I, we kind of talk about this a lot, like, you know, do our grandparents and our our great grandparents, is this what they felt like when they were the adults of the world, you know, like, did they struggle with the worldly perception of progress? Like, like we do, he and I do. I'm getting a bit off track here. But my thoughts today were centered around this fallen world, people diving into sin and, and holding on to it. And really, more than that, even, I was thinking about God's judgment. See, the problem today is that so many people want to float on the idea of God's mercy and grace. And I use that term people, and I, I mean just that people, Christians and unbelievers alike. We cling to verses in first John chapter four that tell us that God is love and whoever does not love does not know God. And we cling to like first Peter chapter four that tells us that we should above all else love each other deeply. And you know, we hold on to first Corinthians 13 that tells us that the greatest commandment is to love. And these are the verses that, um, you know, they're great and they are correct, but our problem today comes with our misguided understanding of that word. Love, and you know, this is these are also the verses that people try to like throw up in our face a little bit if um if we disagree with them on anything, right? Well, you're not loving me, and and that's just not what it is. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But see, today it seems like we think of love as a feeling, like it's just something that we you know kind of just goes a uh, go along with in our life, and that that's just not true. We have to make you know in our in our marriages we have to make conscious decisions to love every day, right? Some days it's not easy to love the people in our world, but we choose to love them because there are people, we love them. Sometimes we think of love as blind, but love isn't blind. And love may cover a multitude of sins, but it's not due to blindness. That's due to forgiveness, repentance, grace, mercy. Sometimes love can be one-sided you may love someone with all that you are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they love you the same way. And you may try so hard to be what they need, but you may not be what they want. And the person who is not feeling all that love likely won't act like they're full of love for you all the time. So it seems to me that this is where so many people are with God. He not only created them, us, but he loves us. But not many of us really love him. And there's so many different variations of this. Like some of us say that we love him. We proclaim it with our words, but we don't actually live lives that suggest that we love God. You know, it's it's lip service. Some of us, we don't even bother with that. We just live our lives doing whatever we want with no regard to God at all. And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Christ follower or or at least curious about what that means. So I'm going to turn this around just a bit. Have you ever had someone tell you that they don't believe in God because they don't want to have a God who would allow bad things to happen? Have you ever had someone say that you're doing your faith wrong because you aren't blindly, quote unquote, loving them? And I'm using that term very loosely. You're not loving them by just accepting them as they are and having no expectations of how they should behave. See, so many people today just want a God to let them be. Just accept me just let me live my life. This whole, you know, you do you mentality. The problem is for them and for us that the God we're dealing with today, that's just not who he is. He's the same God of the Old Testament days. And while we are definitely under a new covenant now, thanks to the amazing sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. And if you you aren't sure what I'm talking about here, go check out my study series on the book of Hebrews. It explains it all. While we're now saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God is still God. And though he will meet you where you are, he usually doesn't leave us there. So what exactly am I trying to say here? God is a God of judgment. You better not say that one too loud or all the people will come after you. People don't like that. But let me say it again. God is a God of judgment. More so, see, God is the judge, right? The Bible proclaims it over and over again. The Psalms are full of the title in chapter 9, verse 8, chapter 50, verses 4 and 6, chapter 75, verse 7, and chapter 76, verses 8 and 9, and several, several more. You can look them all up. They all proclaim God to be judge. And Isaiah proclaimed him to be judge several times too. Chapter 2, verse 4, chapter 3, verse 13 chapter 33, verse 2, chapter 66, verse 16, all throughout. And the New Testament you know, just has more of the same. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eight says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And today, while I, when I'm reading scripture, you know, all emphasis is mine. But he says, The Lord, the righteous judge. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23 says, To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. God is judge. I was reading through Joshua the other day in chapter 23, actually, and let me kind of set up the background here for you, but the Lord's people are finally um, settling into the promised land, but there's been a, a warning given. And Joshua chapter 23 verses 14 through 16 say, you know, with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises, the Lord, your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things, the Lord, your God has promised you have come to you. So he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. See, Joshua was calling the people to really dig in deep and analyze whether or not God has ever failed to keep his promises. Well, Spoiler alert, he hasn't. And I know sometimes we struggle to have faith in the promises because, you know, life is difficult and sometimes there's pain in this world, but God is faithful always. And really that's, that's the clincher. Like that's, that's the short of it all. If God is God always, and he's the same God he's always been, then if he is faithful to bless us, then he must also be faithful to judge us. See I don't I don't like that one nearly as much but it's true nonetheless. Now we don't live under the same covenant that Joshua was speaking of. So the consequences of breaking the covenant aren't quite the same, but there's still correction for us. It's not like once Jesus came we we suddenly became free to sin. If we step outside of the relationship with Jesus, we have consequences. We may miss out on blessing. We may and likely will have to suffer through, you know, natural consequences of our behaviors. And here's where it gets a little tricky. There are different types of judgment. Let's start with judgment for Christ followers. We'll be dealt with on judgment day differently than those who never came to that relationship with Christ. Our eternal reward may look a little different based on our actions during our life, but we know we'll spend forever with our Lord. That's the long game of judgment, eternal judgment. But the short game of judgment is that our actions today have very real consequences on our lives here on earth. You know, we just finished a study of Ruth, and yeah, it's Old Testament, so under the Old Covenant, but we saw the consequences of Naomi's family's decision. She was the only one left alive at the end from the original family group because of the decisions that they made. We also saw what happened when she turned back. God was waiting for her, and God was faithful to bless her. For us Christ followers, sometimes we walk away. When we walk away, God allows us to go through struggles and attacks that he was previously protecting us from so that we will feel called back to him. The Holy Spirit works in us to create this yearning that can only be quenched with God. And we still have to face the natural consequences of our sins, though. If you've lied, you've stolen something, you've, you've cheated on something, like whatever it is, you still will likely have to deal with those consequences. And yeah, I think maybe the church is dealing with some judgment right now. Some of us aren't living as though we're following the Holy One. God will judge us now, just like He judged Israel. Then we often use the comparison of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we kind of flippantly say, "Well, if He we judged them, He must judge us," basically saying, you know, that we're not any better than they were, and look what happened to them. Church, we're not acting any better. Some of us are so afraid to live holy lives. Some of us just aren't because we're we're full of sin and we've given into this, um, to the mindset of the world that. It's okay to just you be you and do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. That's okay. And that, that's not biblical. We're not acting any better than Sodom and Gomorrah. And as much as we're afraid to live holy lives, we're afraid to speak. We're afraid to stand up. Why? Because of cancel culture? Because we may lose some friends who disagree or may label you a fanatic? And this is where we'll be judged. What are we doing? What are we doing? The way we speak, though, has to be done with love. Let's just think about this. Have you ever seen a person one to Christ by yelling at them, by calling them names, by hate? See, this is where we get it confused. Yes, we are told to go and make disciples of all nations, but as a Christian, my main job is to stay on top of my own relationship with Christ, live my life walking with him. After that, my next job is to build up other Christians around me. You know, back in the day, and I'm talking like biblical days, these other Christians around me would have been my church. Now, even in the church, we can't agree on anything and we judge each other, other Christians by outward appearance so blatantly. That's a complete talk for another time, but it is never my job to judge unbelievers. It's not. In first Corinthians chapter five, Paul says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Guys, we can't expect godly behavior by ungodly people. It shouldn't surprise us when those who don't yet know Christ live as if they don't know Christ. What it does mean is that I need to live my life in a way that speaks Christ to them, in a way that they can see something is different about me. So I don't judge the unbeliever, but one day God will. And there are several times in the Bible we're told about what judgment will look like for the unbeliever, the one whose name is not in the book of life. First Peter chapter four, verse 17 says, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Did you catch that? Judgment begins with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Second Peter chapter two talks about how God condemned even the angels who sinned to hell. And if he did that, why would he not condemn the sinners of mankind as well? of course, we have the book of Revelation. The whole book is leading us up to judgment. But in chapter 20, beginning in verse 11, it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This, this is the day of judgment. We're not the jury. We're not the judge. We're not on the throne. We don't judge, but God does and God will. So what does that mean for all of us? Well, truthfully, I think it means that we have some work to do. We're not in this end time judgment yet. There's still time for mercy and grace. There's still time for those who don't yet know Christ to come to know Christ. That time is coming, but it's, it's not yet. And there's so many hurting people out there, people who are holding on to anything that gives them some semblance of peace, some semblance of belonging, people who are angry and hurt. And so they're lashing out at those around them, causing more anger and hurt. And there's people whose souls are crying out for God, and they just don't know it. They don't know what they're looking for. And I know I've talked about this yearning that I go through when I'm disconnected from God. It can be intense. It affects my mood, my behaviors, my, my relationships. And I know it can't be like that just for me. I know it isn't. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We are the workers. That's us. The harvest is the world ripe with people just crying out for God. What are we doing about it? I know the title of this episode today is that God is faithful to judge and he is and he will be, but we still have work to do and we still have time to do it. We still have time to share him with this hurting world. It's not too late. It's not too late for them and it's not too late for you. Are you one of those people who's clinging to anything and everything but God? Are you one who's known God's peace but has stepped away from that connection? You can come back. He's waiting. And if you're the one who is living with God, well, guys, it's time to get to work. We can't hide ourselves away from the world. It's our job to go and make disciples of all nations. We have work to do. Next week, we'll be looking at some of the ways we can be working for the Lord while we're living in this world. How do we love people when we sometimes disagree with them so much? How do we show them Christ? Find me on Instagram and Facebook, Ron Kenna Christian. Let me know your thoughts on that. And if you haven't already, hit that follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss the follow-up episode. And until then, bye.